0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Lyons. Black Beauty by Anna Sewell. Chapter 21. The Parting. I had now lived in this happy place three years, but sad changes were about to come over us. We heard from time to time that our mistress was ill. The doctor was often at the house and the master looked grave and anxious. Then we heard that she must leave her home at once and go to a warm country for two or three years. The news fell upon the household like the tolling of a death bell. Everybody was sorry but the master began directly to make arrangements for breaking up his establishment and leaving England. We used to hear it talked about in our stable. Indeed, nothing else was talked about. John went about his work silent and sad, and Joe scarcely whistled. There was a great deal of coming and going. Ginger and I had full work the first of the party who went were miss Jessie and flora with their governess they came to bid us good-bye they hugged poor merrylegs like an old friend and so indeed he was then we heard what had been arranged for us master had sold ginger and me to his old friend the earl of w for he thought we should have a good place there Merrylegs he had given to the vicar, who was wanting a pony for Mrs. Blomefield, but it was on the condition that he should never be sold, and when he was past work, that he should be shot and buried. Joe was engaged to take care of him and to help in the house, so I thought that Merrylegs was well off. John had the offer of several good places, but he said he should wait a little and look round." The evening before they left, the master came into the stable to give some directions and to give his horses the last pat. He seemed very low-spirited. I knew that by his voice. I believe we horses can tell more by the voice than many men can. "'Have you decided what to do, John?' he said. "'I find you have not accepted any of these offers.' "'No, sir.' I have made up my mind that if I could get a situation with some first-rate colt-breaker and horse trainer, that it would be the right thing for me. Many young animals are frightened and spoiled by the wrong treatment, which need not be. If the right man took them in hand, I always get on well with horses, and if I could help some of them to a fair start, I should feel as if I were doing some good what do you think of it sir i don't know a man anywhere said master that i should think so suitable for it as yourself you understand horses and somehow they understand you and in time you might set up for yourself i think you could not do better if in any way i can help you write to me i shall speak to my agent in london and leave your character with him master gave john the name and address and then he thanked him for his long and faithful service but that was too much for john pray don't sir i can't bear it you and my dear mistress have done so much for me that i could never repay it but we shall never forget you sir and please god we may some day see mistress back again and like herself we must keep up hope sir master gave john his hand but he did not speak and they both left the stable. The last sad day had come. The footman and the heavy luggage had gone off the day before, and there was only master and mistress and her maid. Ginger and I brought the carriage up to the hall door for the last time. The servants brought out cushions and rugs and many other things, and when all were arranged, master came down the steps carrying the mistress in his arms. "'I was on the side next the house "'and could see all that went on. "'He placed her carefully in the carriage "'while the house servants stood round crying. Goodbye bye again,' he said. "'We shall not forget any of you.' "'And he got in. "'Drive on, John.' "'Joe jumped up, "'and we trotted slowly through the park "'and through the village "'where the people were standing at their doors "'to have a last look and to say, "'God bless them.' When we reached the railway station, I think Mistress walked from the carriage to the waiting room. I heard her say in her own sweet voice, "'Good-bye, John. God bless you.' I felt the rein twitch, but John made no answer. Perhaps he could not speak. As soon as Joe had taken the things out of the carriage, John called him to stand by the horses while he went on the platform. "'Poor Joe!' "'He stood close up to our heads to hide his tears. "'Very soon the train came puffing up into the station. "'Then two or three minutes, and the doors were slammed to, "'the guard whistled and the train glided away, "'leaving behind it only clouds of white smoke "'and some very heavy hearts. "'When it was quite out of sight, John came back. "'We shall never see her again,' he said. "'Never!' He took the reins, mounted the box, and with Joe drove slowly home, but it was not our home now. End of chapter 21, recorded by Cynthia Lyons, Naperville, Illinois, February tenth, two 2006.